0: Welcome to the Dashboard Effect podcast. I'm Brick Thompson.
1: And I'm Caleb Oaks.
0: Hey, Caleb. Hey, Brick. So interesting uh, angle we're going to do today on this one. Uh, the title of our podcast today is How Not to Build a Dashboard. Um, and I think the the premise here is um, anyone can watch some YouTube videos and learn how to create a report, say, in Power BI. But creating a good report that actually improves outcomes takes a lot more training and experience and so we're going to cover some of the things to watch out for things not to do
1: Yeah, so don't do these things exactly
0: okay Mm -hmm. what's (laughs) what's the first thing not to do
1: first thing this is high level and this touches a lot of aspects of the report is don't just take the order
0: right Right. and yeah go 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 ahead you were going to finish your thought there
1: no you don't work at mcdonald's
0: Okay. So by don't take an order, this is actually a term we use around our office a lot. That means don't just accept sort of at face value superficially um, a a request from someone for a report. So as an example, um, a a business person comes to you and says, what I need is a page with a pie chart and it'll have 20 slices. And then over to the right, I'll have a couple of uh, Couple of cards that give me data, and when I click on one of those cards, it'll take me to a whole nother report. Now, it's possible that's a good report design, but I tried to make it bad. So, <laughs> I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, that's not good.
0: <laughs> I'm going to guess it's not going to meet the goal well. And so, rather than take an order, um, we try very hard and actually uh, uh, train our people um, to focus in on what's the goal of the report. What, what questions is the business user going to be answering with that report? And, and what behaviors are they hoping will come out of the use of that report?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're in one way or another, you're paying for this report, right? So you want to make sure that it's worthwhile and going to give you some sort of benefit. And if you're just doing a pie chart and just because it looks cool, or maybe that's what you're used to, uh, it's not going to, that probably won't get you there.
0: Yep. I'm going to refrain from giving my toe analogy. <laughs> all right. Number two, number two on my list of uh, how not to build a dashboard um, is, is to add lots of bells and whistles to your report or your dashboard. And by this, I mean things like fitting in every extra chart you can and spark lines all over the place regression lines, you know, things that don't really help the report to be intuitive and do the two things I mentioned when we were talking about the order, you know, answer the question intuitively and drive behaviors, leave them off.
1: And what we found is that you have to constantly return to that, right? Even after you build the initial version and, you know, iterations are going to come at you, you know, really fast. So you've got to be able to keep going back to wait. Remember, why do we need this? What's the goal here? What, what you know? What's this report for? Um, and be strict about what what makes the cut and what doesn't because it's it becomes really easy. And you know that's I think that's one of actually the problems with these self service self service in air quotes um, these BI visualization tools is that uh, they make it easy to do those types of things. Um, and so then it becomes very tempting to just do it just to make people happy, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's exactly right. And in fact, I think one of the reasons that people do end up adding lots of bells and whistles is they're really trying to give good value to the user. They're not trying to make it complicated or make it less effective. They're actually trying to make it better. And all of us sort of intuitively think that adding more stuff, more flashing lights and more KPIs is is going to make it better. And in fact, um, it's often the opposite. You're, you often make it better by taking things away, and we do that. We'll build a report and remove things from it right when it's finished because they don't actually add to it but rather clutter it.
1: Mm-hmm. Sometimes less is more.
0: Right. So you know, don't add the background image. <laughs> don't, you don't add the extra slicers, extra graphics on the page unless they help the report to be more effective. Exactly. All right. What's your next item?
1: So, not, not to do. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't do this again. Don't do this. <laughs> um, so using colors uh, for kind of aesthetic, purely aesthetic, really, um, rather than providing good information. I think I saw. A, well, I've seen this many times, but there's a there's a graphic that circulates in the data visualization community. I guess where I think it's from Stephen Few or one of those one of those guys, where it's a bunch of it, it's kind of, it's an Excel chart and it's a column chart and each column is a different color. Um, and it says, you know, here's one way to look at it. And then there's another one that's the same chart. Only every column is gray except one that's red. So then it calls your attention to that one. That's like, this is where you need to pay attention. And I think that captures pretty well. What I'm trying to say here is don't just use colors for color's sake, be very intentional about what you're using and where.
0: Yeah, that that's a great example. I forgot about that. I've seen that one. Uh, in fact, uh, we generally, as a rule, uh, reserve the colors red and green, and sometimes the color yellow as well, to only be used to indicate, you know, on target or ahead of previous year or something like that, or or behind, and don't use it for sort of a graphic design purpose.
1: Yeah, you want you want those colors to indicate something like your attention needs to be here. Um, there's plenty of use for other types of other colors on the report, just the color charts and things, but you want to keep those reds and greens for things that you want to call out.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of graphic design, my next thing in how not to build a dashboard is adding lots of graphic design elements. And I already mentioned background images. They're kind of a pet peeve of mine. seems like they'll be cool, but they definitely take away from the uh, cleanness and readability. Um, also, just stay away from things that, you know, you can do because the tool lets you and it sort of looks cool, but it just adds visual noise like 3D effects or non-standard shapes. Yeah, you can you could probably put your data card in a triangle if you wanted to, but have a reason for that. And, pro- you know, in most cases, probably don't do that.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen so many reports, even stuff that... You know, I've built in the past where I was trying to be cool with it or do something different or, you know, just be creative. And it looked so cool at the time. And now you look at it, you're like, Oh my God. (laughs) What what the hell was I thinking? Um, so you really want to, you know, build reports that are going to give your best shot at standing the test of time. Right. So where you're not going to look at it in three months and be like, this is horrible. Right. It might be cool when you do it at first, but. You're just gonna get sick of it, and so are the people that use it yeah so so keep it clean and simple
0: and I do think it's worthwhile to do nice design so that it's pleasing to the eye and the user feels like, oh, this is a professional uh, tool that I'm engaging with just be careful of the gimmicky stuff
1: right right like a dark background or something right? yeah, yeah. yeah 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 definitely definitely want to make it look nice that's that's a good point we're not saying don't make it look good but um, don't go crazy with it because it it'll look really bad. Yes. soon, like a like a pink porcelain toilet.
0: <laughs> I love my pink porcelain toilet. What are you, what are you talking about? All right, um, let's see what's what's the next one for you.
1: <clears throat> um, skipping the date dimension. Date dimension is so incredibly important that it, it can't be understated. You need to have that. Right. It's not it not only for um, aesthetics and being able to do good uh, time intelligence functions, but it also improves the stability of the report in the data model and gives everything a way to connect together based on their dates. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's just so incredibly important. You have to have your date table in your model.
0: yeah. In fact, when Power BI came out years ago, seven years ago, whatever that was, eight years ago, um, it didn't include a date table, um, so you had to build one yourself. And in fact, I think we still use our own custom date tables just because we like our own columns. Um, but it's so important that Power BI makes it so you can just hit a button and get a date table now.
1: Right. I mean, it shows how important it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one for me is, uh, back to, uh, sort of the report, uh, visual design is skip the hidden features. Don't include bonus hidden features. Like this sort of goes along with adding bells and whistles, but don't add drill throughs that aren't obvious that they're there and don't have an obvious need. It's kind of cool and it's, it's tempting to do it all over the place, but make sure it has a, a really good need. So an example would be clicking on a column that goes through to a detail report for the data represented in that column. There are a lot of use cases where that makes sense. There's also some where it doesn't add anything and it actually clutters things. Another thing might be, you know, being careful of how you're using cross filtering. So you can define which visuals on a report affect other visuals, which other visuals when you cross filter Um be careful about that and don't make it mysterious and do you know do something tricky there. Make it easy and obvious and intuitive for the user always.
1: Right. Yeah, that, there's a lot of times where you might have two visuals on a page that are purposely not supposed to interact with each other. Make that obvious that they're not supposed to be connected. Otherwise, you know, somebody who's used to using Power BI or another visualization tool that's interactive like that. Uh, we'll just be confused. Like, why is this not working? They'll think it's a bug or something.
0: Right, right. And I've I've used reports, good reports that actually had like uh, uh good uh, tooltips, but it was sort of a mystery whether a tooltip was there. Like, I found it by mistake on top of a card, <laughs> and and so make it obvious if you're going to do something like that. Yeah, agreed. All right, next next one for you.
1: All right, so in Power BI, there's a uh tool, a term called implicit measures, which is if you just drag a integer column, for example, onto a chart, it may automatically sum or average or, or count that column or the values in that column. Uh, so don't do that. Right. Don't use those. Make sure that your, your measures are explicitly defined using good DAX, uh, keeping your performance top notch.
0: Yeah. I mean that uh, when I see that in, in uh, sort of more amateur, built reports. It often leads to debugging issues. And that's one of the first things that I'll look for if I'm trying to debug something is look for an implicit measure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they're not the, they're not the end of the world, but they're definitely definitely a telltale sign of somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. So just just put them in there.
0: And I, th- I can think of times I've built little reports for myself where I've used them just to be lazy. And I almost always regret it. Because reports end up being something you use every day and now you're going back and trying to fix all that stuff. So just just do it from the start. Explicitly define your measures.
1: Yeah, I've done that too. And every every time I do it, I, I'm like, oh, this is working great. And then and then I'm like, oh, wait, I gotta do something different to this rather than just a straight sum. So then I have to end up writing the measure anyway. And, and I don't know. Just save yourself some time and do it up front.
0: Yeah. Well that kind of leads me to my next one, which is um, how not to build a dashboard, don't use random names or just sort of creative names for tables and columns and measures and KPIs. You want to have a naming convention because when you come back to this in a year or 18 months or two years, you want to make it really easy to understand what's going on in the data model. And I've made this mistake too, where I'm being lazy. I think I might only use this report once, slap it together. I don't think about it. I don't follow my normal naming conventions. The report ends up getting picked up. Now a lot of people are using it, and now it's a pain to maintain.
1: Yeah, this reminds me of when Power BI first came out. The measure names and the column names that you had in your data model—that was what was going to show on the report. There's no way to oh, change that. That's right.
0: That. Forgot about that. And
1: that caused some really weird stuff, right? We had, sometimes we had a measure named "Period," like the just the period symbol, because we wanted it to not really show up in right. the table and just be like a column because it was obvious. Right. Um, but now but now, since you can rename those measures and uh, columns on the chart itself, um, be descriptive with your names, yeah. Yeah, especially your measures. At columns, we have our own naming convention that we follow religiously in terms of reporting. Um, but in your measure naming, make sure that you spell it out. And programmers are weird and people that are in technology, um, they like to shorthand stuff and that can usually come back to bite you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Definitely. All right. My next one, and uh, you'll have to check me on this, but I advocate don't use a manual data refresh. So when you finish the report, make sure that it's set up to have some kind of scheduled refresh so that people aren't looking at old data. Oh, and it reminds me of another one I should have put on the list was always have a freshness date on your report. Oh, that's a good one. How did yeah. that one not make the list? I don't know. i <laughs> I forgot. Oh, well, it did now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so the user can see very obviously, usually near the title of the report, when was the last time this data was updated? And even better, what's the most recent data point in terms of date and time in the report?
1: Yeah, it's really really important to drive adoption and maintain trust in the report. So if you have those little elements, they're very easy to do um, and they go
0: a long ways. Exactly. All right. Uh, last one on the list. What is it?
1: So this one, this is a meaty one, but it's validation. Uh, we also think of QA and UAT. So all the things that are kind of the final checks of your report before it goes out the door. Um, validation, I think, is is super important, can also be very, very challenging. But making sure that the numbers that you have in your report match what you expect to see. Um, QA this is this one's kind of interesting. So I think f- for this discussion, we'll just say Q a is where let's say you have a revenue number in in a card at the top of the report, and then you have a table that shows revenue by customer. the sum of revenue by customer better match your top card, right? right? If it doesn't, then you've got something wrong. and so, so you have to make sure that you got to go through your report, and make sure those things tie out
0: yeah, so so not just that it matches up with the source data but that you have internal consistency as well.
1: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, th- this one's so important. It's uh, Again, I've made this mistake. <laughs> Build a quick report, I check a few data points, everything looks good, and I'm running with it and find out that I didn't think about the edge cases enough. Um, obviously, when we're doing production reporting, we have a, a very um, strict and structured approach to that QA and validation so that we check the edge cases and, and make sure that we've hit everything that we can think of. Um, but even when you're doing a casual report, take the time to do that because uh, y- you never know how a report's going to get used and you'd hate to give it to someone and have bad data in it.
1: Right. Yeah. Well said.
0: All right. All right. Well, that's, uh, we made a list of 10, top 10. could probably come up with more <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. But that's our, our, our 10, uh, 10 uh, items for how not to build a dashboard. Any closing thoughts?
1: Don't do those. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Caleb. Talk to you soon. See ya.